This episode of Taking It to the House was brought to you by EBH Fitness Studios. It's a way of life. I'm Dr. C. Victor Herpin III, and I'm taking it to the house. I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I'm taking it to the house. I'm Dr. Jania Hoover, and what I'm taking to the house, sorry, y'all, Tom Brady is not the greatest athlete of all time. Now, if you want to tell me that he's the greatest quarterback, I can follow that logic all day, although there are arguments to, me made, to be made for others. But when you come to me and you say that Tom Brady is the greatest athlete, sorry, I can't, I can't support that. Number one, for him to be successful, there are so many other things that need to happen. And that speaks to the systems and the teams that he's been a part of. Also, when you want to talk about dominance, I want to see what you've done in your, um, in your particular sport. So I want to talk about Serena Williams. I want to talk about uh, Bill Russell winning as a player and then also as a coach. Then we got to talk about people that excelled in multiple sports when you're talking about the greatest athlete ever. So I don't have a problem with you saying he's the greatest quarterback, but you're going too far when you say that he's the greatest athlete of all time. Awesome. Awesome burn. Well, the Super Bowl not only showed us the blueprint on how to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but also showed uh, states and cities across the country how you can actually have a venue uh, with people there and watch a sporting event. Latest news I've heard is that New York City has just decided they will open the stadiums and arenas on the 23rd of February. Yeah, New York, New York, the city of big things. So they're talking about live sports and concerts, up to 10,000 people, uh, a seat that holds up to 10,000 fans, up to 10% capacity. Got to, of course, got to follow the mask and social distance guidelines. And then you also have to have a COVID test within 72 hours. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Again, the Super Bowl showed something. So are other cities and states going to follow? We start wanting to have venues. So we'll see how this all plans out. Well, my opening burn is about the national anthem. Some of you may not have heard, but the national anthem has been in the news here most recently. Why? The owner of the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban, has decided in the last several games to not play the national anthem before their games. And it made me think, this is part of our sports culture, to play the national anthem before every game. And I wonder, is it even necessary anymore? And I also wonder, how do you feel, you Colin Kaepernick protesters, those who brought all that vitriol, thinking that he was disgracing the flag, What do you think about not having the national anthem played before the game? Is he demonstrating his right of free speech or lack of the national anthem? Actually, I heard that he's actually standing with his players of not playing the national anthem because of the ununified America that we're in right now. So there's more to be said about why he's doing it. I don't know his justification, but I wanted to know you taking it to the house fans, you loyal listeners, You out there, I want to know what you think about the national anthem. Should it be played? Is it old-fashioned? Is it even necessary? Tell us what you think. Reach reach out to us on Facebook or on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Yeah, good question. Speaking of the national anthem, um, that was just one of the pieces of the pregame entertainment Um, at the Super Bowl. You had a country singer. Eric Church sing um, the national anthem with Jasmine Sullivan, a young R&B singer. So what did y'all think about 
you know, about that. You know, I'm sure there was a message with having a white uh, country singer with a black R&B artist. Um, what did you think about all of the fanfare, I guess, that, that, surrounded, that surrounded that day? Definitely saw the theme as I watched the Super Bowl and the, the events leading up to the Super Bowl, some of the underlying themes that they were trying to uh, hit us with. And I definitely caught that one to have a white male country singer and a black female R&B singer in a country that unfortunately is quite divided. I thought the NFL was really trying to make a statement there. It definitely gave me chills uh, just to watch diversity of our country and to watch the, the great things of our country. The gift of song. Not only does athletic competition bring uh, the country together, but also music. And so I thought be able to give that rendition, uh, the national anthem and that unique style together. I thought they definitely hit a home run with that. I was moved by it because sports by itself, you don't see Republican running the ball, shooting the ball, running track, hitting the tennis. You don't see Republican. You don't see Democrat passing, catching, running, stealing. You don't see that. Sports unifies us already. You don't think politics. You just think about the art of the competition. So I was moved that they, what the NFL was trying to do, are they successful? Were they successful? You'll, we'll never know. But where is the country yet today? But I will tell you, uh, Dr. Hoover, that I was really moved by Alicia Keys' rendition of Lift Every Voice. Now, you want to talk about being moved. I, that snuck up on me. I actually was getting teared up. By hearing that, and I'm thinking it's Black History Month. How come? I don't know. Has maybe you could tell me out there? Have they played this before? I felt I feel as though that's the first time, but it was right on time to hear that. And of course, Alicia Keys by herself and her voice, her beauty, and I think the timing of having that song play hit the mark, and I was moved by that. So that moved me even greater and even more than the national anthem. I believe week one, I'm not sure if it was before all of the games or the night game, but um, it was played. And besides that, I, I'm not sure if um, it ever happened. Definitely very moving, definitely very appropriate. Um, I hate to be the Debbie Downer, but when I saw all of the um, these pieces, you know, having Alicia Keys sing this particular song, having Jasmine Sullivan, it just kind of reminded me that historically, Black people, we are the entertainment. You know, it is, it, it is perfectly fine for us to, to perform at the Super Bowl, but you see, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later, you have three coaches, three Black coaches, um, uh, coordinators on both teams, none of which will be in head coaching positions next year. So do I appreciate and recognize? Of course, you know, we, we as Black people are extremely talented, but I need and want more than that. You know, I want to see changes. And to be clear, there are people that are working within the league to make these changes. And there has been progress made but at the end of the day, if the owners don't support, then nothing, you know, nothing substantial will will happen. So I'm waiting to see. Um, I'm waiting to see that. So switching. We're still in a pandemic, y'all. 
I don't know how many people were at the Super Bowl. It looked kind of packed. I know they had those cardboard cutouts and I think they made about $3 million from uh, people that, that paid to have their name and their picture. But um, what, did you, what did you think about you know, having that, that event in that way? What message did that send? Yes, actually, I was asking myself the very same thing. It looked pretty full. So I don't know how much of the uh, the content or the crowd was really just the cardboard and how much were real fans. And I, I, I'm we're in the middle of the pandemic. You mentioned that. We're in the middle of COVID. It's real. People are dying daily. Uh, President uh, Biden came on and he was talking about, and he, and, he, and he asked everybody to bow their head in silence even before the game come on. I thought that was a nice touch. And then we, here we are with the biggest game the biggest stage for the NFL. And I was concerned about a super spreader. What an event for a super spreader. In the stadium or whether you're in your, in your home or in a bar and having a party, I, I'm going to be concerned about the super spreader. I'm going to be concerned about two weeks from now, whether or not because of the Super Bowl that we our numbers climb back up to where we were and we were doing so well as a country. Uh, so I am concerned about that. I do know about 7,500 of those were healthcare workers that were in attendance. And we talked about that a couple of, of shows ago. They were had already been vaccinated. So I was wondering, and I hadn't heard, and maybe somebody can uh, tell me and inform me, how many of those others were vaccinated? How many others were pre-screened for COVID? Or did they just say, it's a moneymaker? What I will say is the bar owners, restaurant owners around Tampa Bay, they opened up their bars, they opened up the restaurants because of this particular occasion. So I have a fear that we are gonna have a problem. Florida was already a problem. The Super Bowl didn't help when it comes to COVID. I wonder if, what were those requirements to come inside the stadium? Granted, I understand about the 7,500 healthcare workers, but what about everyone else? Was there a requirement that you had to show that you had a negative test within the last two or three days? If you went to the bar with these uh, with, with the area bars being open, if you went to a bar on Thursday night or Friday night, but you took your test on Thursday and you contracted the virus on Friday night, how do they know? How do they know when they show up to Super Bowl on Sunday? So that is the piece that I'd be interested. Will that even be broadcasted? Will that even be highlighted somewhere in two weeks? Probably not. But it definitely had me cringing a little bit. You know, and again, I forget at times that there is a vaccination out there. So even though there's a large, uh, a large venue and, and many people that were occupying seats, half of me says that doesn't necessarily mean everyone's safe. So I guess I'm at that mental, that mental uh, piece where I'm trying to understand what reality is now. We have a vaccination, but that does not mean it's going to keep you from getting the, the virus. And then you have people who may just have antibodies who've never taken the vaccination. I don't know. So I would be interested in how the NFL or in how uh, Tampa Bay uh, monitor those individuals coming into the, onto the scene. Again, did they set a blueprint? If they're able to host the Super Bowl, what's going to prevent uh, every stadiums as we start uh, getting more prep for uh, basketball season, the second half of the basketball season, NHL? Uh, are they going to look at the blueprint of what Florida did for the Super Bowl? Again, New York is starting to open up their venues on 23rd of February. So I would be interested what the fallout is, but we'll probably never find out. Yeah, good point. 
So we've talked a lot about the Super Bowl, but not the game yet. So I have to ask, what were your thoughts? I was surprised, um, not necessarily in the outcome of the game. I didn't pick them, but of course, um, I didn't pick the Bucks to win. But, you know, when you think about um, Mahomes being injured with his toe and, you know, I think he probably still has some effects from concussion and then also those those injuries to the offensive line. So when the game, um, you know, when it pretty much looked like they weren't going to get anything done, I went to those explanations. So, um, you know, I didn't pick them to, to win, but I definitely understand why they did. So, Victor, what did you think? I was disappointed. I'm an NFL fan before I'm a Ravens fan. So I look at the Super Bowl in two ways. One, with excitement that, wow, we finally uh, made it to the pinnacle of the season. And the second way I look at it, I'm sad because that's the last football game of the season. For that to be the last football game of the season, I'm pissed off. Come on, man. Look, if the Chiefs were not going to show up, then let the Browns play. Let the Titans, hell, the Ravens could have been there. But come on, man. Look, I, I got the excuses. I understand it. Me too. I said, while well, I look at this, we have an opportunity for Mahomes to come back this next half. He did it last year. But I still can't excuse the fact they were in the red zone. They scored three field goals. So there are opportunities where catch the ball, run the ball, something, get a touchdown. How can they go through four quarters and not score a touchdown? That 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 was beyond me. They had him running around uh, scared. And I, and I understand, again, the offensive line, I got all that. I just felt deflated to the point where I felt bad just sitting there. So I eating because I was watching Super Bowl or was I eating because I was stressed? I don't know. But I ate a lot. And I ate more than I needed to because I was disappointed. So, I, 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 I again, I feel cheated. I expected a shootout. I expected good defense. I expected back and forth, the new GOAT versus the old GOAT. I mean, all these different narratives. And I sat there saying, I do not believe this is what's happening on the last day of football. This is what we're looking at. So, you know, that that that's my from the game aspect of it. But at the end of the day, uh, you play with the people on the field. And if this is your biggest game in your career, you bring it all out. And parts of me felt that, uh, Kansas City did not take it as seriously as the Bucks did. And they underestimated Tom Brady, which I, I think I'll never, ever pick against him. I just can't do it anymore. I can't. So he, he proved himself. He proved himself. Wants and expectations. I wanted a good game. I expected a good game. I was sadly disappointed on both parts. I expected Kansas City to win. They did not win. I predicted all the right things for the wrong team. If I had bet against myself, I'd have won a lot of money. Y'all wouldn't see me today. I'd be in the Bahamas, but I lost. I chose the wrong team. I, you heard me. Check the tape. I said the quarterback was going to be a maestro, an orchestrator. It wasn't Mahomes. It was Brady. I said the tight end was a mismatch problem. I didn't expect Gronk to be the problem. Kelsey dropping passes, two notable passes, 
He's he doesn't drop passes, but he got old ass drunk two TDs, and then you got the coach. I expected Andy Reid to outperform, outcoach Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians, you took Andy Reid to the woodshed. What's Andy Reid doing calling a timeout before the halftime? And then his team implodes. And then they score another touchdown. When are you going to get the ball after the half? Come on, Andy Reid. I understand. Your son was in a car accident. And my prayers are for those family, those kids, those, those people that were hurt and injured. But it is the Super Bowl. If you couldn't perform, you have somebody else do the job. So the Kansas City Chiefs did not show up. I want to say this about Tom Brady, very similar to LeBron James in this aspect. Call old friends up. Join me at the spot. For LeBron, come and join me in L.A. For, for, for uh, Tom Brady, Grunt, Brown, come on down here. Let's go and make some magic happen. They already had talent. They already had talent down there, and yet they put it together without a training camp, without a preseason. Everything was short and truncated, and he made it happen. And Vic, you talked about it last week. He was going to be a bad boy after being in isolation and in seclusion for about four, 12 days, and he came out like he was hungry. And then we saw the results. He was masterful and managed the game expertly, and they won. Okay. So um, let's do a rapid fire for the Super Bowl. Um, I'm going to ask okay. a question and then each one of us answer yes or no, okay. brief explanation if necessary. Did the best team win, Victor? Yes. I agree. Yes. For the same reasons that Vic talked about it earlier. Another team could have played instead of the, the Chiefs. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I like the Bills anyway, but yes, 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 yes. The Bills uh, the Bills could have been a better team. The Browns would have been, been a better matchup. Really, anybody else at this point. Um, will the Bucks repeat? No. No. I hesitantly say no. I just said I wasn't going to pick against Gronk. But if I say no, that gives my Ravens a chance to win a Super Bowl next year. <laughs> nice. Um, I also say no. There are so many factors that go into winning a Super Bowl. We've seen, uh, I mean, the last team to do it was a team led by Tom Brady, but that was 18 years ago. So I just don't see it. Um, next question also related to number 12. Will Brady win another ring? Yes. Who we? Hard to say. There's a lot of other young bulls that are challenging him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes being one of them. I'm going to say no. And the National Football Conference at NFC is a bear. I say no. I also say no. I but... I'm sure that's not a surprise. If I can have a caveat, the only reason why I say yes, for the reasons we said earlier, he didn't even have an offseason. He didn't even have time to gel with his team. Now, there are some young bulls in the AFC East or in the AFC, but there's a whole lot of old bulls in the NFC, and he ran through all of them. Aaron Rodgers may not even be on the same team next year. Russell Wilson may not be on the team. He retired Drew Brees. So NFC belongs to him. NFC East has nothing. So I don't, I do not believe that he will win it next year. 
but it's very hard for me to see a better team right now in the NFC as long as he's there, Bruce Arians and his and his crew. Again, Mike Evans didn't even play. I mean, Mike Evans didn't get to play like that. It was Antonio Brown and Gronk show. So until there's another team in the NFC, I will have to pick the Bucks as being the best team out there. So I think he can get another ring in the next couple of years before he retires. Okay. Okay. Does this loss hurt the enemy's chances to be a head coach? I say it tarnishes his image in a way. However, you have to account for injuries, what you talked about. You also have to, for, for Mahomes and his line, uh, but the body of work says he should get a look at by somebody somewhere and soon. Again, last week we talked about him picking a spot. Eric, choose where you go, brother. Don't be in a hurry. I agree. It should not hurt his chances, but he had great chances coming into the season. And they found every reason why they could not give him the opportunity to be a head coach. So it should not, but it probably will. But I like what I said last week. Hey, the world is yours. Josh McDaniels from the uh, New England Patriots, he took his chance to become a coach. He went out to Denver, had Tim Tebow. He said, I see how this experience works. I want to go back home to New England. And he'd been back. So I would like to see Eric at least get the opportunity, but I would like to be uh, in that position where he can select where he goes as opposed to settling. And he shouldn't settle. I'll say no, just because he already wasn't chosen. And um, the tape doesn't lie. They didn't show up in the Super Bowl, but there are clear reasons for that, you know, documented reasons. So um, I'll, I'll say no. On that same topic, but flipping it, does this win help Todd Bowles? He was my MVP for, for the Super Bowl. So does this help him to get uh, another shot at a Super Bowl? I mean, at a head coaching position? Yes. Um, he had his experience early in his career. He rejoined Todd uh, Bruce Arians. And again, it is NFL is a copycat league. Todd Bowles exposed the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a blueprint. And there's some teams with some nasty defenses like the Baltimore Ravens. How about the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'll just name all the AFC North, except for Cincinnati Bengals, and the Cleveland Browns. There are some bad boys in the AFC. And now what Todd Bowles was able to reveal and show that, that blueprint, he definitely puts himself in a, in a, in a rare uh, class to say, look, I, I could play. I can play at another level in this league. I can be a head coach. So he should get an opportunity. Uh, what can he build off that momentum for this next year? But And not only that, one last thing, we got to look at what Todd Bowles did within the playoffs. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, the MVP, and then a Super Bowl against uh, Patrick Mahomes as his defense. And they were nasty. So he should get that opportunity. I say yes. He's your MVP. I agree with you, Jania. And look at his it's just a resume builder to win the Super Bowl. So yes, yes, and yes. Yes, I agree. Um, I like watching good defenses. So while I wanted the Chiefs to be able to score more, I was impressed. And I hated that I was impressed because I don't like that team as a Falcons fan. But um, 
you know, I learned two things, you know, defense is, is if you can stop people from scoring, then you are always going to be in a position to, to win. And we saw that. And secondly, we see why um, offensive line players get the big bucks. So I knew it before. I especially know it now. Um, it is that time. And we talked football the whole time. So I think it's fitting that we just end with our final thoughts on this season. You know, here on out, we won't have any current football to talk about. It will be, you know, a little bit of draft talk or next season. So um, as we finish, why don't we tell our last impressions of um, the 2020 2021 season. So for me, I um, I didn't expect the season to go the way that it did. Um, you know, part of that is due to capitalism and the fact that there was a uh, dog refusal to uh, not complete the season. There were some surprises. There were uh, some players and teams that I wasn't expecting to see, um, you know, progress. I'm not used to seeing the Browns and the Bills do well, especially not in the same season. So um, I can see the changing of the guard in terms of some of these quarterbacks, you know, of course, not the 43-year-old that just won the Super Bowl, but some of these where their time uh, has ended. So um, I'm excited for what's to come in the future. Uh, this one word, I guess, professional ethics, um, professionalism, um, expert in your craft. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tailoring my thoughts more towards the players. I, I would give them a standing ovation to persevere. Uh, you did not have an offseason. You did not have the opportunity to go through a training camp, did not have a chance for preseason games. So they had to literally learn to play, learn new teammates, learn new schemes on the fly. And so that just speaks to their professionalism. Uh, not only that, they're dealing with Corona. And so what about the mental aspect they were challenged with knowing if their family members were exposed, their teammates are exposed. So for them to be able to compartmentalize and play those 60 minutes on the field every Sunday, I, I give them kudos um, because there's so much that we don't know what they had to experience and what they went through. So I definitely give a, a thumbs up to them. I give a thumbs down to the NFL as a whole by at times placing the players uh, health at risk, uh, looking at the dollar sign as opposed to the health. So that that part right there disturbed me. We did as a fan be able to see a Super Bowl, but I do believe at the end of the day, there's some bad football this season. There's some bad football. And I had told you all early in the season, I stopped watching some games and I had learned how to quilt and some other type of projects that I read about on YouTube. So I, again, I look forward to next season. I'm, I'm sure they'll be able to have a preseason and I expect them to all be healthy and do what's right, uh, you know, for the body. But yes, there's going to be a lot of storylines in this offseason. So I give the league overall uh, the season about a B minus. Successful season to a point because people got paid, corporate did what they needed to do and everybody was satisfied. And it would offer a distraction in 2020 when we had a lot of problems dealing with the pandemic. However, Player health is my concern because we played with COVID. How do you live with COVID? We had a couple people, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, I'm talking about, that actually came down positive, and there may be others. What does it do to your heart long-term? 
What does it do to the brain? Studies are still being done right now today. We don't know enough about the long-term effects about it. So uh, our host, Jania, was talking about, is it worth the risk a couple of episodes ago, a few episodes ago, we will find out. I'm thankful for the youth and the health, healthiness of these athletes. And maybe that buys them time, but we are going to see long-term. So successful season because it's done, it's completed. It wasn't as good as, as smooth as we want it to be, but guess what? That's 2020 in its entirety. Changing gears, Tia, daddy loves you. Happy birthday. So thank you all for joining us for another episode of Taking It to the House. Feel free to engage with us on Facebook, on Twitter, and we'll see you same time next week.